0: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com.
1: On today's show, we celebrate Bill Russell, debate the best basketball team of all time, talk free agent tampering, and Tiger Woods. Then make sure you stick around for our sit-down with Dallas Mavericks GM and President of Basketball Operations, Nico Harrison. From
2: New Amendment and
1: Metalark Media, it's the podcast
2: elevating the athlete conversation. Always above the rim, never in bounds. This is Point Forward. Point Forward. This is Andre Igadala. This is Evan Turner. We're trying to get to the true essence of not just basketball, but life. And that means something. something, something,
0: something. It is like a finger pointing away to the moon. Don't. Concentrate on the finger or you will miss all that heavenly glory.
2: That level of understanding
1: has been taken out of the game. game. So, Dre, over the weekend, not only did the NBA world lose an important figure, but the world in general lost a legend. We start off today by paying tribute to late, great Bill Russell. So Dre, man, you got uh, you got any stories about Bill Russell? Anything, man, anything I, I, dope? I got anything a great,
2: dope? I got a great Bill Russell story, fam. Tell me. Uh, he came, he came and spoke to us at the uh RTP, Rookie Transition oh, Program. Oh, okay,
1: nice, nice. Same thing yeah, here. Yeah,
2: yeah, same thing yeah. here. Okay. So he said, like when he's in high school, I think. It was like a big deal to have a watch. Like in general. Like it didn't matter yeah. your age. Yeah. And I think he was trying to get at her. He was trying to holler at the old girl in high school, and she wouldn't give him the time of day. You know, that's a funny way to say it, because he ain't had no watch, but the dude she picked had a watch, right? So he telling the story. We don't know where he going with it. So he makes it to the league. And uh, obviously now, he he own now. He got him a little rolly or whatever. Turned up. It's how it normally happens, right? Like, we've been through that. You run into the chick that usually shot you down early in your life, yeah. gave you some trauma, yeah, right? You, yeah, like
1: at that age, you like 25, probably got 30 on you with a 40K right. watch. Was she 25, 38, 48? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, something like that.
2: Right. So he said he runs into her and she's trying to holler at him now. And he has some, like, the, the funniest. Pun on the watch, you know, let me check my time, see if I can make that happen. Look like I ain't got the time for your baby girl. <laughs> Fam though. And he had that, he had that laugh. Yeah, like yeah, he has that yeah. very unique laugh that's contagious. And he started busting out laughing. And it was funny because the story was funny, but how funny he thought his own story was. You know how we always laugh <laughs> yeah, at yeah, deuces yeah. like, yo, you can't laugh that hard at your own story. Yeah, hey, like, boy. That, <laughs> yes, yeah, yes, yeah, all it was yeah. so funny it was so funny it was one of those things like man I'll never forget it and then just interacting with him throughout the years like every time I saw him it's something about certain athletes yeah. where their presence speaks
1: for itself. Yeah, it's and like greatness. Yeah, he looked like a legend when you see him. Yeah, like, yeah, whenever
2: you walk up on him, you're like,
1: yo, I got to stand up straight and tall. Yes, yeah, sir. Like, yes, yeah, sir. Bill, Mr. He
2: wanted them once. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's how I always felt with the energy. You know, I posted on my Instagram, you know, when um, the, the MVP trophy, and you can just see in my eyes, the way I'm looking at him, like, yes, sir. No, sir. Yeah. Like, yes, sir. Like, he had that presence to him, and... You know, that was like the epitome of being a black man, especially in his time, all the things that he endured and uh, just forever grateful for, you know, what he's done for us in our game.
1: That's real. And uh, I remember uh, being at the rookie transition program as well. And I remember somebody raised their hand and was like, "Yo, who's the greatest player of all time? Is it Michael Jordan? Is it, you know what I mean? Right, right. Magic, whoever, you know what I'm saying? And uh, Mm -hmm. he was like to be honest with you, we're going to go on winning and just. In general, overall, I, or made some great. I think I'm the best player of all time. I it was like I was I won eleven championship rings. Yeah, and he was like we were like well, what about Wilt? And he's like, well, the year Wilt averaged twenty and twenty eight fifth or like fifty and twenty eight. Yep, we won the lead by fifteen games and still, won, you know what I mean? Still won a championship. Right. And I remember. Uh, right. I never, I guess I was shocked because that's like the first real old head that kind of sets you straight. Like, bruh, are you serious? Who's the greatest? If you want know to talk about <laughs> the GOAT, I'm the greatest. Like, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And, and I think it was like the, yeah. wiz, the wisdom of knowing, but at the same time, he always exuded confidence in any situation, whether it's at the Basketball yeah. Hall of Fame when he's telling the other great bigs, like, I would have kicked y'all ass. Or
2: Yeah. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? Or Yeah, that was dope.
1: You even read some of the articles of him being tough enough to, you know, somewhat overcome when they, you know, broke into his house in Boston and right shitted on his bed and all that. And, you know, he was able to still do his job, be great. And he said, I played for the Celtics. I didn't, you know, play for the city Boom. of Boston. And That's what stood out to me. Yeah. And I think one thing about, you know, great men, we all have our trials and tribulations. But when you come back from certain situations, it's about how resilient you are. You know, a guy that won so so many championships could have, you know, the biggest ego and everything else like that and sacrifice so much for the city of Boston. You know, be disrespected in that sense, but he still, you know, keeps his, you know, keeps his focus, you know, forward and, you know, could, you know, multitask and kind of, you know, stay the course and literally keep fighting and, you know, doing more and then some, you know. I thought that was impressive.
2: Yeah, and I always talk about that, you know, I think we're starting to get back to a little bit more, but, you know, we've we've gone through so much as African-American men in position of a celebrity. And, you know, people look for us to, you know, have answers, you know, and get involved in the politics and, you know, boycotting. And, you know, we, we get that, you know, all money ain't good money. We hear that now because it's more money than ever. Yeah. Um, but just watching how they maneuvered, like how they moved around you yeah. know they moved gracefully through it all and when i say gracefully i mean like they had to hold their head up high they had a sense of self you know they had to speak eloquently you know they they the way they dressed i went back and saw some suits yeah how they you know, dressed I saw, yeah yeah i saw him in Wilt. he was always buttoned up you know it was timeless yeah. you know um he did have some wide lapels super wide lapels but it was it was timeless yep. like and you know, he just held himself to, you know, in and high regards going through all that is yeah. what I'm saying. You know, you know, he's supposed to be bitter, you know, he's supposed to be upset, he's supposed to be mad at the world, and you know, I, I never really saw that. And when you see what he's gone through, imagine us going through some of yeah. that, you know. We take we taking some folks with us. No, no, of course, you know what I'm or
1: making that attempt to. And we played in Philly, you know what I mean? <laughs> so right, like how right. we felt during that time. And one thing that he made up and created was um, you know, I thought was he always never lost sense of himself because he always said when somebody came up and said, are you the basketball player? He's like, no, I'm a person that plays basketball. So yeah, yeah, he yeah. kind of coined a phrase prior to, you know, more an athlete. And that was that was yeah. lit because he definitely risked a lot of his career, just like Muhammad Ali and some of those guys prior to mm-hmm. to speak mm-hmm. out and to take a stand mm-hmm. in crazy situations during, you know, racist times in the city of Boston. Like the courage right. alone. It was mm-hmm. unbelievable. So uh, mm-hmm. I appreciate what mm-hmm. he did to push the push the game forward and push, you know, the black man forward as well as the black athlete.
2: Hundred percent. All right, Et. So moving on from one legend to a, a bunch of others. Uh, we we promised last week. I've already gotten some interesting interaction on Twitter. It's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. We went from ninety six Bulls into uh, what was it, seventeen Warriors, and now it's going from greatest team. Yeah. Of all time, like just assembled, like any team assembled, and we had the dream. We had the dream team, obviously. Um, we you know, which was the first team to go into the Olympics as professionals, and then um, the 2012 squad. You know, it was kind of like everybody was meshing together in their primes. KD, Bron, you know, Kobe, you know, uh, that crew. Um, so that's that's the debate. You know, me, uh, I've always said any team with Michael Jordan on it is probably the greatest team of all time. Yeah. But I want to give uh, some backstory of why my mind was changed and um you know I won't speak for this particular guy because you know he's hes he's one of them guys and um he said why wouldn't we say we're the best team of all time and this is I, I, got, I get this from you too now you know you just spoke about uh Bill Russell uh not too long ago in terms of Bill said why am I not the best player of all time I got the most wins ain't that, isn't that what it's about and it goes hand-in-hand, hand. you know, this guy on this team, 12, which I was able to be a part of, said, why would we not consider ourselves one of the best of all time? If you break down our crew, who really beaten us? And why shouldn't we have that type of confidence when we go out here and play? And this was early on, and I, 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 had, I had a different type of energy about me when I went out and played. I'm like, I'm on the best team of all time.
1: Yeah.
2: And and ever since then, I'm I'm really believing that, and – Here's my take on it. Yeah. You know, obviously you know KD. Yes. KD was
1: going crazy. Of course. I I get that. And you yeah. Brown Brown was in his back. Brown right. was Brown. Right, so Brown was Brown Brown. Yeah, so you got top okay. you got top 2 player ever, okay? And then we got Kobe, okay. who could who could be argued top, top, t- top 2 ever. Top
2: 10, we'll do that for top sure. Top 10 they are going to say, but you know we Kobe fans. All right. You know.
1: And you guys Let's not forget CP is one of them guys. CP, no, CP definitely is one of those guys. So I, I'll give you CP. And here's here's my one. I don't give you David Robinson over, over Chandler or Love. Y'all would have had a problem with him. Okay, here's here's where we have problems,
2: Man. right? Here's where I give you. right We'll have problems with David Robinson, Ewing. Malone. Malone. Barkley, for Barkley. sure. But they could, you can could only play two of those at a time. hmm Right? Now, Magic...
1: Was toward the end, and Bird was toward the end. Of course, yes, I'll give you that. That's why I said it depends on what level you're throwing magic and Bird at. Are we going with that in that time? Because
2: Kobe was Kobe was still Kobe, but he wasn't Kobe. Kobe. Yeah, but, he was just Kobe. But, but, he wasn't Kobe. Kobe. He was just Kobe. No, he showed up for he showed up for Spain, though. He showed up for Spain, Argentina, yeah. Lithuania. When when we needed him, yeah, he was Kobe. He came yeah. through, yeah, big time. Yeah, and let's not forget because the NBA. The NBA will do this from time to time. They'll make you forget a guy who's one of those guys. Yeah, for Carmelo sure. Carmelo Anthony.
1: I think he broke the all-time record. Yeah, he broke the record or something like that. And
2: he broke the record for threes in the game. Yeah, I think yeah. he made ten. He made like 10 threes against Nigeria. Yeah. I mean, it was, the, it was the biggest deficit ever, the biggest win margin right. ever. You know, I got some flack for that. I got a couple death threats from that. That was interesting because, you know, playing against Nigeria. Yeah, against Nigeria. Uh, Darren Williams, at one point, was supposed to... He was
1: known as he had the edge on Chris Paul. Am I right? Yeah, for sure. No, I, I give you that. But during that time, that's still not fucking with a Stockton. You think? Now, you know my take. You know my take as well, too. I'm just saying, t- two years after that, Stockton's going to battle with one of arguably the best team ever ba- twice.
2: And he took them L's. And, yeah. and he took that L with uh Scotty Burrell, Jud Bushler, Steve Kerr on the court. You know what I say? If you see them two on the court at the same time, yeah. You're right. We're getting rid of them. You're right.
1: you
2: right. <laughs> but I'm a Stockton fan. I am. But CP, I'm taking over Stockton. Okay. And and Darren, when Darren is Darren, you see he was put he was putting people on that hardwood. No, you're
1: right, bro. I want to argue with you. And Russ was Russ. We can, I, Russ is not I, I got Russ is Russ I, No, Russ is Russ Don't let me get that wrong But what what what, what was 2012 Russ? All-Star, of course But that's, that was still a That's three-year Russ That's a baby Russ type But I guess he was It was in the finals He was in the finals Don't let me get that wrong He's putting up 40 in
2: the finals I just saw that I just did the recap on it Russ was Russ Because Russ was big for us off the bench Like he was just yeah. a spark
1: Yeah no, I, I think the top players, when you break down the top players, are more in prime than anything. Like, you, Yeah, I think that's what it yeah, is. We were,
2: more, we were more in our prime versus them. Like, It's because if we see Bird in his prime and Magic
1: in his prime, I might have a different yeah. answer. No, but my only thing, too, is do you equate dominance? So now at what level do you equate? Because at the end of the day, we still, with all that said, the dream team passed their time or passed whatever – they still won every game by an average of what forty something. Yeah, and I agree with that. All right, so right? So, 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 so that's all I'm saying. You got hold on. You got to uh, take that. Yeah, yeah. Hold
2: yeah. on to that. Right. Hold on to that. Right. You're right. But we had the largest uh, g- a margin of victory in, in Olympic history when we beat Nigeria by eighty some points.
1: <laughs> You're absolutely right. <laughs> You're absolutely right. No, I dig it, and that sounds about right. That and and Nigeria wasn't. They weren't trash. They competed. They were solid. I mean, 87 points for on a 40 minute Bro, we game.
2: just, That's we just, aggressive. bro, bro, we just had, we, we had one of them games where everybody was in their
1: prime. And I 87 made 87 uh, points, I, dog, should never I happen made the anyway, shot. bro.
2: I made the shot to break the record for largest margin of victory in the game.
1: 87 <laughs> points, dog, is OD. Now, Pippen was a problem. Pippen was still a problem. So, this is the only thing I'm going to say that might match up. The only one maniacal enough, and don't let me say this and get this crazy, and I'll give it. Right. The only one crazy enough to go head-to-head with an MJ is Kobe or make me feel better, neutral-wise. You're, you're, you know what I mean? Like, neutralize an MJ. And then maybe CP's tenacity, bruh, but, like. CP got the
2: the CP, CP got that, I don't know, he got that winner's gene. He got that gene no you no, no, no.
1: just find a way. No, absolutely. Um, up until you know April twenty eighth, and then like <laughs> you, you understand, what I'm saying. But then what I'm just saying, we never hit the court with MJ, bro, never. So I don't. Well, I, I, don't, I, don't I don't think
2: any of us. I, I don't think any of us are in his vicinity. Like you know, like when people, it's nothing I, I, wrong with being second MJ. It's nothing wrong with that. Like, and I hate when we try to compare people to MJ, and, and then it's like it's not even close. And no. it's like we're not even saying that. It's just that's just 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 we really don't deserve to be on the court with him
1: that's just and, my take and that's what i'm saying so sometimes yeah. we leave out we'll do a number 1 or number 2 ranking and we don't show how high up number 1 might be oh yeah because yeah. at the end of the day when it comes down to it i agree you you said a lot of great factors but then i go back to michael jeffrey jordan yeah. and i'm like nobody has ever breathed the same air court like yeah. i don't care yeah. how how competitive you are i'm talking about how great he is I got I got one for you. I got an analogy
2: for you. Yeah. So I think you can you can probably Google this or find a YouTube yeah. video. It's an Instagram video that's been going on for a couple of years, and it's showing where every country holds in gold, and it starts like small, you know, like one of your smaller GDP countries, and then it goes up a little by little by little, and it kind of goes in a circle up like a staircase, right? And it gives you a scale of how much how much gold like America and China has compared to everyone else it's OD. is OD. OD when you see the scale of it it's like it's like you see what's the largest animal an elephant right like, like a mammoth yeah yeah, yeah. and then ne- and then like the next like the, 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 the next like that's number one and maybe number two is close but then you get to like number three and four it's like an ant that's the scale of gold we had <laughs> to compare to everyone else so that, that's the that's
1: the difference I'm talking about yeah so can we give well, a Michael quick Michael Jordan is that? Oh, right, 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 right. And that, and that's <laughs> what I'm saying. No, and that's what I'm and that's what I'm saying too. Like when you break it down, like he's at that level. So I don't know how good a shape y'all would have been in. Because we <laughs> like do you understand I'm, I, I'm well aware yeah. of it because when you break it down, we can I say Kobe could be close enough. But Kobe's just a human version of Michael. True. Do you it understand? What I'm human saying? A human version yeah. of Michael. Now imagine version. how wild that is. Now, let me say this one last statement on this. So, we said America and China had the two most medals. I want to go on a limb and say that America had all the black folks hop back on the the boat back home. America would be up there with, like, Switzerland. (laughs) Gold medals. And then, like, maybe maybe Nigeria would be giving out them 87-point beatings all facts <laughs> <You understand? laughs> but
2: I, I wasn't building the boats so I didn't come up with the plan no I hear you man <laughs> I mean that's not other countries too that's like France you can put them in there oh, you right. Surge, you're right
1: Serge is playing for Spain man Serge <laughs> damn there uh, what's big Fella's name Embiid, I'm like, bro, they where's Embiid playing for? France? Yeah. Yeah, France.
2: That's crazy. That's going to be interesting because France got a little squad now. They beat us last time, right, before Drew showed up. Drew showed up and saved yeah. the day. And then y'all keep calling me crazy for my takes with Drew and the championships that happened that occurred around him. Like, stop. Yeah, stop
1: yeah, because nobody sh- thought we – We won the gold medal, and people still didn't treat it like we won the gold medal. That's how yeah. bad they were talking about the 2020 Olympic men's basketball team. Literally after Stop. we lost the first couple of games or whatever occurred, I feel like everybody stopped watching. Had me hot. Yeah. But
2: it's winning, it's winning DNA, and I think that is that's something that's still unquantifiable, yeah. which takes me to Draymond Green and what he did in that championship game as well. You need it like, all right, we got to make sure we take care of business these last yeah. couple of minutes. Who can I put in for safety? Draymond, go in the game. Yeah. Make sure we win. Draymond and Drew. And that takes me to Draymond's free agency. I didn't want to bring it up. I didn't want to bring it up neither. But I, we got to touch on Draymond's free agency. His extension has come up. You know, we've seen, you know, the new media speak on it. What's your take on it from what you've seen thus far?
1: Because, My- you know, it's noise
2: everywhere. Like it's two, Like, now it's two-sided. So you got those that say... Listen to what this man's built as well. You know he's he's his fabric is in it. Like that's he's a part of the fabric. Like he's etched in that know, fabric. Of, course. of What's occurred? A- absolutely. And, but then you yeah. But then you got other folks that you know that they like. I just spoke to you know. I just did a, a podcast with uh, Shannon Sharp. You know, don't know when it airs, but uh. we spoke on that, and I said Draymond always taking shots. People look to take shots at him because he's so loud. But at the end of the day. That man's resume
1: speaks for itself. And that's where you break it down. And when you speak down, his re- speak of his resume and everything you built, of course, he should get whatever you asked for. But, but but if you're the owner if you of the team. If you're owner, GM, or president, you're hired for the simple fact of the matter to guide the best interests of the organization. So I take it back to a Danny Ainge quote when he was like, traded Perkins. He was like, look, bro." I understand he won. I understand people like him. He's upset or whatever. But if I have to trade Ray Allen tomorrow for the best situation for the team, I have to do that. I don't like put. I don't like comparing them two. But I, I no I, no no. I understand where you I don't, from. I don't like comparing those. No, I, I don't like comparing those two either. For thirty two, we're talking about the NBA analytics. I'm looking at it as the NBA analytics. They say technically, age twenty seven and thirty two is your athletic prime. Correct. Right. Okay then. Right. So now you do that. How old is Draymond? 32? Yeah, he's 32. He's got two more years left. All right. And he's got two more years left on this deal. And then he wants right. four more years. So that'll take him to 38. Nah, that take... Yeah, you're right. 34 to 38. Yes. Yeah, that'll take him to 38. So yeah. he's he's demanding $167 million. It's, it's either, it's, from like, it's like 138 or 164, one of those numbers. It's I a $41 get, million a year at most. I think
2: people get confused on Draymond and him saying the max. I think that's the part that people may get confused because it's, uh, his max is uh, the increase of last year's salary on the current deal. All so that's, considering, that's what his max is considered. So I think he's like at 30, 30 something this last year, 30, 31 is last year. And then he gets like the 20% increase, which is the start of that first year of the extension. Uh, so it would take him to like 32, 33 that first year. And it would go up. It's a 20% bump. So you're right. It, it probably average
1: out to like 35 a year over four years. So so, yeah. so now you have to really decide, bro, because it's not nothing with Dre Mind, but for the past three or four years, his reputation has been his reputation. Who created that reputation? The media or no, I, was no, it a combination? No, I'm, t- now, I'm asking the
2: question, just perception-wise. No, no, I'm just asking.
1: I, I, I didn't mean res- reputation. We've been basing mine off his resume the past few years. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. I'm with you. So, look, I'm with you. To me, that got him the
2: Hun done. Well, here's a question that keeps getting asked. Yeah. Are, are, you know, because people been, keep asking me and... That's my guy. So this I'm going to say, gonna a, give him everything he wants.
1: Yeah, I'm saying I, give him everything he wants. I think so too. Absolutely. I want to. But at to. the
2: same, but, the, but the, the the what I'm getting is, are you paying somebody for what they've done or what they're going to do? And this is what. And that's the that's the tricky part because you can't you can't keep saying I'm paying a guy because he's going to be good, he's talented, and we're paying him for the future. And then at the other side, when it's at the end, say, well, I can't pay a guy for what he's already done. Because I go, what are you saying? Are you saying you thinking the skills are going to diminish? I'm just saying like what the perception is because you, it's weird that you get two sides
1: of that. No, you know of what course, I mean? but you also use a situation and Draymond can literally scream Toronto gave Kyle Lowry or, or whatever and they said this is what he deserved. And yeah, Miami just gave him a bag, too. Remember Toronto said that. It was kind of like... No, nah, I'm with you. Yeah, so yeah. when you break it down, this this is, a, yeah. this is bigger than anything else because what you build up is like, if you let Draymond walk, mm-hmm. Draymond's situation is going to be what? Hey, man, players go do absolutely whatever you want.
2: Yeah, because that, hey, that loyalty thing that over. we keep preaching. Yeah, because yeah, yeah.
1: when you break it down, it's back and everything. I see both sides, man. It's, it's $40 million a year. I, I think he deserves it from the past, but... I just don't see a front office individual or th- today's NBA comprehending. Is there
2: any? Is there any way you see? Is there any way you can see he could be impactful from, uh, from a from a, a leverage position? Like, what, what what other teams do you see him being very impactful for? You know, having that, um, you know, same type
1: of uh, impact. I think you have to go to a different contender. Would you like him with the Heat? Yeah, he's a Heat guy. You would like him with the Heat? Uh, I, well, his body got a hold up down there. That's what I'm saying. I would like him with, uh, I think, with a crazy scoring duo. I might, like, I guess I would like him with uh, Portland. 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 Uh, Dames, all, Dame's always been saying yeah, his name. Yeah, I think I like him with Portland. Maybe a Phoenix-type vibe. Somebody threw a crazy name at me one day, and I was like, whoa,
2: Atlanta. I like Atlanta a lot. Uh, yeah, Trey's Trey. Trey going to get his 25 a night. Trey gonna get his money, you know. I love that young fella, DeAndre Hunter. I love Virginia, DeAndre Hunter. Yeah, I, love I him like too. him a lot. Like and him he a lot. showed me something. He showed me something in trying to wield him into not getting swept. Yeah, and, uh, I, he will. I love that. Yeah. What is a game? Was that game four or five he had? I think it's five. They they're five because they lost one game. Yeah, it yeah, was in Miami. Yeah. But what he showed me, he he kept them there. Yeah. Like they was faltering. Yeah. And he's a one like uh, Bogdanovich, Bogdanovich. I can't tell them two the difference. But the one down in Atlanta, I always like yeah, him. About, I loved him. In, uh, yeah,
1: he's a little older, but I always I like yeah. him in sack. He's like twenty nine. Yeah, but they can they, yeah. they can go. I I like it a lot. They definitely need the toughness. Yeah, um, yeah they need the toughness. The t- and they and they just
2: they went to the conference finals. They made that run. It might have been thought as like I called them the Portland of the East, but they went back to the playoffs this year and then they yeah. got they got to do something. So they they got yeah. they feel like they got to make a move. You can't waste Trey's years. You know what I'm saying? That always is something. So I'm keeping a close eye on it. It's gonna be interesting. Yeah. Do you? I like you like him in Phoenix or no? I don't know if I like him in Phoenix. I don't think him and CP would complement each other as well on the offensive end. You know, with Draymond, yeah. you know, he would really will yeah. he really stick out like a sore yeah. thumb offensively because you know he he's great at having the ball in his hands and you know it kind of takes it away from him.
1: You know, so his usage would basically diminish yeah. there. So I don't think so. Anybody with high scoring as a yes. contender, I would take him there because to be realistic, yeah, you're getting I like that. past few years. You get you're going to get your six. Seven and eight, but to get your seven, you gotta give him. You gotta have shooters to give for him to give it to. Yeah, that's period yeah, point. Yeah. God, or, or, oh yeah, yeah, yeah or, or God, else I can get to a bucket. Yeah, else, I like that. Or else and put him in a situation and make it work. Or else you'll get a Portland Evan where it'll just be four points, four rebounds, three assists. Yeah, and you're wasting thirty yeah. something million. Like you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. Not wasting thirty no, like some million, but you, in order to pick him up, you have to implement him. You got to implement them. a yeah, lot. Yeah. And he has to play 30 something minutes. So you got to. I think he got some options, though. No, I think he definitely has. Bro, his coach, yeah. the culture alone. Yeah. A true story. He, I think he can go up and bump. You can never measure this because you obviously know how great Steph Curry is and Clay. But yeah. there, I will argue him being around along with others elevated their stardom and a sense of him doing the dirty work. Yeah? yeah? No, 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 no. That's, yeah, yeah. yeah, we yeah. all know that. Yeah, we ain't got, we ain't got to argue oh, Okay, yeah. yeah. well, yeah. So I think yeah, he do that right. numerous yeah. times. Yeah, right. It's just, man, yeah. the number one thing is if his body holds up, bro. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Speaking of free agency, this week, news broke that the league is investigating the New York Knicks for tampering with the signing of Jalen Brunson. But it's got me thinking, Dre, with the way we communicate and how things have changed. Have there been any free agent signings that didn't have any type of tampering? When you break it down, everybody speaks so freely, like literally.
2: Now Nowadays, it's, it's just this free-flowing information, you know, and, and information is king and yeah. it has got to get there fast and in a hurry and everyone's trying to leverage themselves into a good deal. You know, you got some so, players who might say, I'm about to go get – 20 million and then only end up getting two. Yeah. Or you know, you got some guys that be like, I'm about to get the max, and we looking like no way, and then they end up getting the max. Like we've seen all ends of the spectrum. Yeah. It's just all about the information. So, and then you got you got the media trying to leverage themselves, and who's the go-to guy? You know, you got the different, you know, you know, you got Shams, you got uh Woes, you got Chris Hayes, and then you got other people trying to come up and, and, and you know get a lane for themselves. So It's just a lot of information. But it's on both sides. Yeah. You know, I've seen situations where a team knows exactly what a player is going to get, what he's being offered, all the other teams that he's getting offered from, exactly what they're offering him, And it's like, it's it's almost, it's it's become a leverage game. So you got to build as much leverage as you can. So you got to get your ducks in a row before. Because, like, I I always tell guys, if you don't know where you're going before July 1st,
1: it's too late. Yeah. Absolutely,
2: and I don't know how you combat it or get around it. Um, I, I mean, I, they're gonna they're gonna investigate, and um, I think last year it was the Bulls with Lonzo, and it was the Heat with Kyle Lowry. They both lost second round draft picks uh, for tampering. Uh, it's funny somebody mentioned. I don't want to go off to a subject, but uh, the NFL didn't do anything about uh, the racial discrimination with the Dolphins. But as soon as they heard, they were talking to Tom Brady, (laughs) the action was swift. (laughs) Yeah. Swift. (laughs) Swift as hell. Swift. Yeah. Right. So, so, uh, but I think it's just going to be a tall task, uh, to, to prove this. I mean, uh, you got connections with the front office of, of New York with, uh, Jalen's father, Rick. Uh, they were, uh, he was his agent. They had a relationship when, when Rick played. And then, uh, from what I heard, I think it's true. Um, Front office, uh, Leon Rose, his son is Jalen's agent. So, you know, I'm pretty sure they did everything by the book. And but I mean, by the book. But, I mean, there's so many ways around it. You know, so I I just think it's going
1: to be hard to prove. I think it's going to be hard to prove due to the simple fact that most of the drama that comes out, this is what is bad and where people get shocked, where it's like, how can you not? It's like, you can't trust these teams. You're shocked when teams do you dirty. Most of this info comes out are the low-level dudes trying to get a hit. Leveraging, like I'm talking about in the front office that leveraging no, I got you. leveraging info and calling her guy from here or calling her guy from there yeah. and call her you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's a bajillion yeah. of them trying to make it and hang on. You know what I'm saying? So I got a great story. So it's not really dealing with this, because you know, this is just this, yeah. this is what happens.
2: But when Jordan Bill charged that uh $30 candle on the Mike Brown's room and they was just sick of his shit, <laughs> and they got suspended over a $30 candle, right? It was funny. And then he threw Clay under the bus and said Clay was doing it. So that's how he was doing it. Anyway, the craziest part of the story was we're in like our team meeting, and we're talking about, you know, this has occurred. You know, first of all, Jordan uh he put put a candle on Mike Brown's room. And Mike Brown got a call from the front desk saying, uh, come pay for this candle. You didn't put your credit card in the room. So Mike Brown's confused. And he's like, I ain't put no credit card down on no candle, <laughs> so I, I hate that I'm giving the story out. But yeah. so, so he's like, I didn't buy no candle. So Mike Brown had to go investigate. He's like, Bro, I'm not paying for something I ain't buy. So he goes downstairs, and he's like, I didn't pay for no candles. So they was like, You're gonna receipt your name. Hey man, go get the cameras, man. I ain't got time. <laughs> go get the cameras. He's like, I ain't even been down here. I bought some candles. They went and got them can. They went and got the cameras, man. Buddy didn't sign his name, crossed his name out, then signed Mike Brown's name. Buddy, 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 that's
1: wild. <laughs> buddy was all
2: over dumbest criminals. That's it should be on that. Uh, what's that show? <laughs> Dumb as criminals. Yeah, that's wild, bro. <laughs> but the but the wildest part was we're in a team meeting. We're just hearing about it as the players. While we're in this meeting, while we're in the meeting, so no one's left the meeting. Nobody's on their phones because we don't know what's happening. We listening, whatever, whatever. Somebody yells. So, we. this is the thing. All right, just don't get out. It stays in-house. Nobody say nothing. We better not hear nobody talking about this. It's better not get reported. Like, don't say nothing. My man in the front office goes, it's already out. Shams just tweeted it. What? <laughs> man, I, I'm like, come on, dog. I, yeah. how, how? And And you just go back to what you said. It's them low-level guys. And it's like. Somebody leaked it before it even got like before it even got to us in the meeting. It was leaked, bro. It was it was crazy.
1: No, that's absolutely wild. So <laughs> the whole inside info and that type of stuff. We talk about tampering, trying to get players paid. There's little stuff that's tampering that get players not paid. That True. which is the most important yeah. thing. You sit here yeah. and yeah, some dude that legit can say whatever and be like, hey, he took this, can really ruin your you know your reputation in a sense. But right. Have you ever had any weird tampering stuff happen to you, or everything been kind of? Well, well, well. What my one free agency which was weird, it threw me off a little bit,
2: and I learned a lot from this. Where it was, you know, we had a number in mind, like a range. So you, I go into free agency, seven, sit down with my agent. All right, this is the range we think we're gonna get, or else why well, opt out? I opted out of my first big deal, so this is when I left Denver, and I'm opting out with a big number on that last year, and you know. Learning from other guys, Richard Jefferson, he opted out. People were saying why, and then he just, you know, opted out of sixteen million to go get forty million. Yeah. So, all right, makes sense. So, all right, I'm opting out of my last year my deal. So, what's our market looking like? All right, cool. We're looking for a raise, a bigger number. So, all right, cool. Obviously, I'm going to opt out, or you can take a little bit of a less. So, I'm looking at, I think, fifteen to eighteen was the range, or whatever. And we get to free agency, and it's just. A dry market for whatever reasons. Like nobody got paid, and I got feedback as if it was spoken amongst the league. Okay, this is his market. So don't nobody go outside this range, which is essentially a monopoly.
1: Yeah, of you course. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, And it just threw me off, and I didn't know whether to believe it or not because I'm saying, are the people I'm working with trying to save grace because they overshot the market? Yeah. Or could this possibly be true? And I've seen both sides of it, so I can't say which side my situation was. And um, I think it, it actually worked out for me because I'm now I'm like, okay, cool. Since y'all playing with the money, I'm going to go over here with these killers and, and we're going to do something nobody thinks we're yeah. going to do anyway. And I just ended up with the Warriors. I would stay super patient instead of just being upset and rushing, saying, whatever, i just go here. I just stayed mad patient and the rest is history.
1: Yeah, that's real. That's true. That was the biggest lie ever. And, and and now I can do this on camera. That's what I'm saying, though. <laughs> yellow, yellow wristwise, Gucci, <laughs> flip-flops. Yellow oh uh, yeah. boss. Uh, yeah, you already know. End the show. End yeah. the show.
0: <laughs> Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity
2: I always say special guests, but this guy, we go way back. I've been a Nike guy for a long time. Yeah, you, know, you hear us talking about Nike uh, here and there, the good and the bad and the ugly. But this guy is, is really special from where he's come from and uh, what he's done for basketball culture in general. Y'all welcome a good friend of mine. What's his name? Uh-huh. Mr. Nico Harrison. It's a guy that no one knows about, but they will soon. He is currently the GM of the Dallas Mavericks. But you've had so much of an imprint on Nike and I don't know if we've ever seen this type of transition and what you've done this year with the Dallas Mavericks has is, is, is been uh, amazing. So let's go back to the beginning, you know, where you come from and, you know, how your basketball career started.
3: First, I'm from Portland, Oregon. So, you know, <laughs> Portland's represented in the, in the NBA a lot yeah, lately. Sure. Yes, uh, big so, money. You know, we pride ourselves. We're small, but we pride ourselves in being impactful, especially around basketball. It's like basketball culture is everything in Portland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I went to Montana State. And, you know, we talked about earlier, you don't go to Montana State to go to the NBA. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know, I used basketball as a vehicle to get to where I wanted to. So I was, I was uh, pre-med in college. Oh. That's what I thought I was going to do, study medicine. But I did love basketball and I had a chance to play overseas. Mm-hmm. So I played six years overseas. And when I came back overseas, I decided I didn't want to spend uh, my 30s studying medicine. <laughs> yeah. So dumb luck. And I'm from Portland, so I obviously grew up right behind the shadows of Nike, but I didn't really know that that was a
1: job. Right.
3: And uh, dumb luck, I just tripped and fell and and got a job there. And I was there for 20 years, all in basketball.
1: And towards the end, you were the vice president of uh, North America basketball operations, right?
3: Yeah. Actually, my last job there, I was uh, vice president of all North America. So Mm -hmm. I had our college partnerships, our football, all the sports. Oh, football too as well. Okay. Okay.
2: Well, let's go back to the beginning. And I want to talk about, you know, you, you didn't even, you didn't mention it. But we were having a conversation about it earlier. You went to West Point. So I'll give this crazy story about West Point. So I'm starting to get recruited by a lot of different schools, but not quite high D1. It was like mid-major. and People were starting to find out about me a little bit. But I answered the phone this day and get this interesting call. And a guy goes, hi, this is Sergeant such and such from West Point Academy. And I don't know how to react to that because I don't know about West Point. All I remember was towards the end of the call, he said, if you spend 30 years at West Point Academy, the rest of your life is set. I knew my mistake.
3: Best- <laughs> 30, 30 years?
2: 30 years. Am I oh, wow. But as I gotten older and I started hearing more and more about this West Point, I didn't understand the prestige that came with it. And then, you know, Coach K, he was West Point, correct? Yeah. Bobby Knight? Bobby, West Bobby Knight, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and
1: we always talk about your favorite quote from Bobby Knight. Yeah, journalism is one step above prostitution. How do you feel about that? Do you like that?
3: No comment, but it's a great quote.
2: Right. <laughs> so, you know, talk about your father and his influence on you in terms of being, we always talk about African American men and being in president, GM type positions, and you've come into a elite company, but go back to your roots and how your father was big on uh, academic success.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So my father, I mean, he was born in 1930. So oh, wow. as a black man in 1930, they didn't have opportunities. Right. Mm-hmm. And so for us, he always wanted to make sure that we had opportunities and everything was about education. Because he's like, hey, you could be good in sports, but use sports to help you get education because I can't afford to send you to college. Right. But let's work on the sports thing so you can get a free ride to mm-hmm. college. And so that that was kind of our that was our mentality.
1: That's right. And during that time in college, you were a two-time Arthur Ashe Jr. winner as well, right? Yep. yep. It was a pretty uh, prestigious. Tell me what that was. That was the award for the best student athlete of color, right?
3: Yeah, it was student athlete of color and amongst all the college universities. And again, you don't go to Montana State to be an NBA player. You yeah. go there to set yourself up for life. Yeah. And so it just, I always felt like my balance of I could have been a better student and I could have been a better basketball player, but I couldn't have been a better student athlete. Right.
2: Mm-hmm. So, so let's transition over to Nike. You know, you spent some time playing overseas. You, you've had a lot of things going on in your life that kind of seems to make you well-rounded. You've seen different cultures, different places. But how did it come about that, you know, you're applying for a position at Nike and, you know, you think you're going pre-med and into uh, pharmaceutical sales? How did that come about? What was that discussion like? And, and what was your goal getting that job at Nike?
3: Really, because I, I didn't have a lot of experience in terms of corporate America, because, mm-hmm. again, I'm pre-med. I played basketball yeah. overseas. That was very narrow limit. My parents didn't have a, you know, my dad was an aluminum factory worker. So I, mm-hmm. I, I, didn't, I, was, I didn't have a lot of uh, just experiences outside of, outside of that. So when the job came open at Nike, I actually didn't know that was a possibility
0: because
3: mm-hmm. nobody's ever shared that with me. Right. And it sounded crazy. It sounded like it was tailor-made for me. <laughs> You know, working in Nike basketball in the NBA, I'm like,
2: sign me up. So so walk me through what your day to day would look like as that that position or give me the title of the position early on and how you were player relations with the representation or repping the players.
3: Yeah. So I was a Southwest Southwest field rep. I actually lived in Dallas Okay. and I had 12 NBA teams and I had all the Nike reps or all the Nike players on those teams. So really, my job was to be visible. To let you know I'm around if you need anything, making sure guys have their gear, all their shoes, off the court stuff. And this really being like, I'm like their representative to Nike. Like, they don't know who Nike is.
1: I'm their Nike. Gotcha. That's right. And you had one player that you are representing that, you know, obviously everybody loved. And you guys had a great relationship, Kobe Bryant. What was that like during that time to represent such a, you know, a big face that actually came from, he just freshly came from Adidas, correct? Yep, yep. Did you set up the Jordan Lakers pack or no? <laughs> Are you behind that legendary thing or no? That's actually funny. <laughs> I am about bad questions. No, Mike Torres was the brains behind that. Oh, okay. 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 You know, Mike.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: And what was that like, you know, obviously working with, uh, you know, one of the best players ever and one of the best players in the game. You were kind of behind, you know, the market and liaison on that. Right. How did you approach that? How did that give you confidence? You know, obviously, you you say you went to Montana State not to make it to the NBA, but now you're around some of the best players in the world. Were you intimidated or did you know you were supposed to be there? And how did you get them to listen to you and trust, you know, the guy, his his branding, especially considering, you know, I mean, he was trying to restart he actually didn't trust me at first.
3: He didn't trust anybody. <laughs> yes. right, right. But at the time he was going through a lot right. you know, off the court. Mm-hmm. And uh, the way I got him to trust me, I don't think I got him, but the way he started trusting me was really my approach to everything I did. Right. It was the same approach he had to basketball. And so if I said I was going to do something, I did it. Crossed the T's, I died the I's, I was maniacal about my part in his, his business.
2: Yeah.
3: And so when he saw that, then he was like, all right, I can rock with this guy. That's right.
2: So being at Nike, you know, we always say it's a storytelling company. And I, I I learned that being with Nike for all those years that I was from high school all the way to year, what, 16, 17 in NBA. Kind of give us your take on how you approached other companies in negotiation with the players that you had. And we always talk about Nike was the one that played the least. But, like, how did you all have this mold or have this concept that if you come over to nike you were going to be bigger regardless of how much you were being paid like how was nike how has nike been able to you know create that narrative and execute on that narrative as well
3: yeah well first nike's the best Mm -hmm. you know i don't work there anymore but it it clearly is the best i mean the other companies know that yeah not that they can't carve their own niche out and Mm -hmm. be good too but nike is the best and you talked about storytelling like that's nike's history that's their dna they've always told stories through product Mm -hmm. and the good thing is you see a lot of companies starting to do that now they're starting to tell stories through product and really what it does is it makes the product come to life and people aren't necessarily buying the product for the sake of the product yeah it's what the product represents to them
1: and that's through the stories so you hear about a lot of stories now obviously this will be kind of a crazy story but you know you talk about all the great players that came through nike during your time and everything Obviously, you always hear about the Steph story. Was that one that got away? Or is that one where you wish you could have done something differently or fire somebody right away? <laughs> <laughs> fire somebody right away. But no, 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 no. We ain't mean this. <laughs> well, listen. So there's an article out.
3: And the article says I mispronounced his name. Yeah. And, and I didn't the, know it was you. Thought, I thought it was somebody else. No, no. It that. wasn't yeah, me. Yeah, I knew it wasn't yeah. you. No, know, it absolutely <laughs> wasn't me. But they didn't know the other person that yeah. knew me. So they said <laughs> I, I mispronounced his name because it's sexy.
2: <laughs> right. Journalism.
3: But I'm like, first of all, I've known this guy forever, like since he was in high school. I right. used to rep his dad. I'm yeah. not going to miss. I might have called him Seth, but I wouldn't. Yeah, know, yeah, of course. You know, I wasn't going to mispronounce his name. So, right. um, yeah, I mean, Nike made a mistake, but in all honesty, if he would have stayed with Nike, whew, yeah. his business
2: would be a monster right now. Mm-hmm. I believe A it. monster. And so it's a transition to where you are right now, which is, you know, when you took that job. I text you right away and I was like, you know, I don't really send heartfelt messages. You know, I won a couple championships and it doesn't really mean that. It means a lot in terms of basketball accomplishments, but in terms of like stuff that I feel is like my brothers do really well. So I had to text you and I know we talked to Willie Green when he got the job. Yeah. How many texts did you get about (laughs) giving people jobs when you got hired as the official title was the president of operations and the GM of the Dallas Mavericks? Let's just get that one out the way. How many texts and phone calls did you get when you got the job? Well, when I got the job that
3: night I had over fifteen hundred text messages. Wow. Fifteen hundred.
1: I had four hundred and thought I had a lot of well, we wanted to find us. So our, our mutual friend Nick, Nick was like you should hit Nico up and congratulate. I'm like, bro, everybody's congratulating him. I don't want to hit him up and have him think I want a job. For the <laughs> so, record, yeah.
3: I answered everybody back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sure. some of those fifteen hundred I didn't I didn't even know who they were. I didn't mm-hmm. know the number. And yeah. it's tough to get in a back and forth. So I just said thank you, appreciate it.
1: You know, well, after working 19 years in Nike, what was the difference when you walked in step one? And also, too, I think uh, something that's pretty crazy, they hired a coach before they hired a GM. So mm. when you saw Jason Kidd, I know you have a long history with him, and also you have one of the best players in the game right now, like Luca. and you have familiarity, familiarity with the Dallas Territory. Were those deciding factors? Yeah, definitely. The the funny thing is I didn't know that Mark was
3: going to hire Jay Kidd. Oh, wow. But when we talked, he said, well, who would you hire? And I was like, JK. Oh. You know cuz JK and I are really close and, and I you know was with this journey all the way to to the Lakers and yeah. he's learned so much and yep. he's and I was like it's a no-brainer JK. And so Mark and I were aligned without me really realizing that he was already down this path.
2: Right. So what was that interview process like? How did you know you wanted to leave to leave something like Nike and take the job which is not as stable, not as secure? as the NBA GM.
1: And after Carlisle, too, right? Co- correct. Yeah, correct. That was kind of...
3: Yeah. Right, right. Um, it wasn't much of an interview process. It was a conversation. Yeah. And Mark and I had a conversation, and he was telling me his process. And so I'm like, all right. And I was telling him who I, who I am, what I'm about. And then four hours later, it's like, hey, he wants to wants to sign you. Oh, that's Wow. I'm like, well, what about the process? <laughs> <laughs> So I, he's like, all right, well, you know, talk it over with my family and, and I'll, you know, tell them what it's, what it would take for me to leave Nike. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh. A check.
2: <laughs> Not the Nike,
1: but a check. And a bigger check.
2: Our equity, right?
1: That's, Dre's been on equity so crazy recently.
2: <laughs> Which, I mean. The ownership. You just saw Tim Conley. Yeah. yeah, that was awesome. With the deal that he got. That was yeah, I think, awesome. I think it kind of, I don't know. I got some thoughts on it, but I, I, I was, I was really happy to see it because it was okay. It is possible. You know, and then next is who's going to be the first African-American that had the opportunity? Because we talk about Pat Riley all the time. And Mm. and I guess it takes me to my next question. You know, what are some values or principles that you, you know, have learned over the years, whether you've been overseas in pre-med or uh, Nike and, you know, relationships that you want to bring to the cultures, you know, with the young Dallas Mavericks
3: team? Yeah, I think, well, before I answer that, I I want to say, like, for me to leave Nike, it was a family decision. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like my girls, my two girls, fourteen and twelve, okay. and then my wife. Like we literally went down the line. Are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure?
2: Yeah. And it's so big.
3: if they didn't, I never would have. I never would have left. But I think the city, um, the owner, yeah. the coach, uh, the fans, and mm-hmm. then my family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It made it made it easier. Yeah. Gotcha.
1: Well, you we had a big first year, you know, on a uh, on the court. You guys went to the Western Conference Finals mm-hmm. versus yeah. you know the honorable Golden State Warriors, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, and uh. And also, too, you, you've been in the middle of pretty, you know, your first ever, uh, you know, free agency in the NBA. So, you know, talk about that. How did you think the first year went top to bottom? And also, too, how, how you feel about free agency and all the, or you, you can only tell us so much. Right, right. right.
3: Nah, the first year went, you know, if you would have told me we would have done what we did. Sign me up. Right. Yeah. You know, especially in December, I think we were 16 and 18 at one point. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, so turn around. But, you know, all the credit goes to J-Kid and the staff and then the players, obviously, for right. executing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, you get a new coach, a new GM trying to create our own culture, but with a group of guys who've already kind of been there. So yeah. it takes a little time yeah, to, to get everybody on the same page. But, you know, we, we finally did. And then, so now it's like, okay, how can we keep our core together? But add some pieces you know you don't want to add too many pieces to where now you're starting over again mm-hmm. and so how can we build upon what we what we did last so year So, how
1: do you feel when you go into that situation because now it's familiar territory it's not like you leaving you know playing pro ball and going into nike now you're leaving pro ball and making basketball decisions something that you've done your whole life are you more comfortable are you like yo this is this is dope did you ever foresee yourself doing that when you started at nike back in the day.
3: Yeah. I mean, there weren't a lot of us doing this. <laughs> right, so right. It, again, it's one of those things where you, you can't really see something if you don't yeah, see yeah. somebody doing it. That it looks yeah, like yep, it. So yep. no, nah, I never, I never thought I could do that. I never thought it was a possibility.
2: Yeah. So, so what did you learn? Cause I see there is a big difference. Uh, I don't know if it's a big difference, but there is a difference between, you know, being a rep at Nike and kind of making sure guys are in a good position, make sure you're securing them with the brand that they don't Go somewhere else report bigger deal we've been seeing it happy especially with a lot of the chinese brands coming over and yeah. throwing out big bags from here to there but now you're in the leadership role at a you know a, a, a big market organization in professional sports and do you see the differences in how you relate to the players in terms of you know now you've been on the guy you know there you know pat you know pat riley's you know he went down the line in his uh, exit meeting you know the three white guys should give uh, Bam half the job. Oh, <laughs> that was crazy. Kyle Lowry get in shape. This guy, dude, you know. So, what are some things that you had to adjust to um, in terms of being uh, in a leadership role, you know, with the team? Honestly, you know, my
3: last job at Nike I had 150 people that reported to me. So, yep. being in a leadership role was always something that I've done. Mm-hmm. I think, really, for me, it's like being myself, being authentic, yeah. you know, telling people the truth all the time, but mm-hmm. earning the trust to tell people the truth. Mm-hmm. And I think players will respect you as long as you do that. And I'm around all the time, so it's not like, right. it's not like I'm not visible and I just yeah. come around to, you know, I'm there all the time. So, again, I think it's like being authentic, telling people the truth even when it's tough, yeah. having tough conversations, but respectful. And I, and I do think that, you know, players don't necessarily want to hear it at the time, but if you, tell you know, pull them yeah. aside, have a respectful conversation, even if it's a hard conversation, then I think they'll, they'll come back around always.
2: And, and about, you know, in terms of seeing talent, you know, I think the first the first two part question. The first part is, you know, we have a lot of conversations about, you know, you saw Kobe Bryant up and close damn near every day. Like you spend a lot of time with him and you saw the detail he put into everything that he did that pertained to basketball. I mean, even outside of basketball, he was like laser focused. Yes. I know the stories of him dribbling on the wall for 30 minutes, you know, dribbling on the wall with left hand, right hand. then he I think it was you. Maybe it was told me about, you know, Nike's on uh, Kobe's on campus up in Oregon and he's on the court with no basketball, but he's doing moves and he's going through the triangle. And I think we've taken a step backwards with uh, the skill set and being fundamentally sound with our youth basketball. And then now you being an evaluator of talent and you being a big part of Nike youth basketball, you know, with kind of how everyone's transitioned. You got the NIL deals and all this madness. How do we get that back? You know, because when I went to Nike camp, it was fundamentals, you know, jump stops, you know, pivots, you know, two hand chest passes. I didn't know how to do reverse layup at Nike camp. And I was like, I got some work to do, but how do we get that part of the game back to where kids are really establishing their, 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 their honing their skills down.
3: You know, I really, I think it starts in high school back when I was in high school. And even when you're in high school, a lot of the high school coaches had been there for a long time, right? Good, bad, or indifferent. So they had the programs, they had structure mm-hmm. and, they were kind of the face of the program. Now it's different. Mm. High school coaches are a dime a dozen. Mm. And so kids are moving from high school to high school, yeah. which usually your parents would be like, no, go back and figure it out. Right. Now the parents are like, uh, no, we're not getting enough playing time. We're going across the street. <laughs> so honestly, it's, it, to me, it's, a, it's more than a basketball or an AU. It's a culture thing. Mm. And, and I really think I think it starts at high school and it starts with the parents. Because a lot of the parents, and I've been in the trenches for the last 20 years, yep. a lot of the parents are the,
2: are are leading this. Yeah. And that leads me to the second part of the question. And we talk about analytics versus, you know, the eye test. And I love Evan's Evans' line. And when it comes down to it, it's what separates the, the Jimmys and Joes. Yeah, or, it's, not, it? it's not the X's and O's, it's the Jimmys and Joes. So, but at the same time, you want to have... I think you use analytics to back up the eye test. So for you, uh, give me your split. You know, you got two sided. You know, how much do you put on the eye test? And then how much do you give analytics in terms of the, the, the overall theme of it?
3: Yeah, I think uh, you rely on the eye test. I think that's that's first and foremost, because here's the one thing about putting a team together in analytics. Like there's no human factor. So, right, so where, right, right. where's the input for yes. you being a good teammate? Mm-hmm. You know, the positive effect you have on everybody. You Being a leader, so you might not score a lot of points, but if you're a leader and yeah. I know you make everybody else yep. around you better by just your leadership, yeah. then that doesn't show up on analytics. Yeah. But I do think analytics are important, yes, because it shows a lot of holes that you don't see through the eye, yes. And when you see analytics, it doesn't jive with the eye test, then you got to go back and look at it again, and that's a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so I think analytics has its place, but I do believe. You start with your eyes, and then you use analytics to either back up what you saw, or make you have to go back and look at it again, or try to find holes in what you saw.
2: Yes, yes. And and I'm gonna go to your your second favorite player. I don't know who your first favorite player is, Tatum, but you know your second favorite player is
1: Luca Magic (laughs) Doncic.
2: So, (laughs) did you have a relationship with Luca before you took on the role?
3: Yeah, I did. I did have a relationship. I mean. We weren't like best friends or anything, mm-hmm. but worked with him, uh, you know, signed him to his deal at Nike and at Jordan. He was not Nike when he first came into the league. He was Nike and then yeah, he switched over yeah. to Jordan. He was Nike, yeah. then you went over to him Jordan. Zion
1: went the same
2: time, right? Or no? No, no, he went before Zion. Yeah, Zion, went yeah. before Zion. And then I just text him, I need his new shoe so yeah, he can that, make it happen too. That was
3: a hell of a gift. <laughs> I worked for, work for the Mavs, not Nike.
2: Oh no, just tell Luca. Oh, I got that. I can do that. But in terms of, you know, that relationship being built beforehand and then you know, he's about, about to be the face of the league. And how do you continue to, you know, have that, you know, personal relationship, but at the same time have the business relationship with him and then trying to help him become a better player? Kind of what's your mindset behind that? Just being present and, and continuing to
3: work it. Like, it's not going to happen overnight, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, spending a lot of time at it, working at it, it's, it's part of the – you got to work at it. It's not, you know, day one we're going to be besties, yeah. but – you know, working at it, um, establishing the relationship and the trust that I'm going to work hard at
1: it and I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do. There's no like pressure or anything. Like when you first got the job, like oh god, I can't be the guy that let Luca leave. Like <laughs> that type of thing.
3: You know what? I don't. I'm an optimistic person, yeah. so like he's under contract, so yeah, yeah. you know, for a, for a lot, you know, a few more years. So I don't. I don't even think like that. Yeah. You would know? you take? Would
1: you take KD? <laughs> <laughs> That's all I want right. to know. Good question. Great question. Would you... <laughs> For a Luka Doncic. No, you can have both of them. How? You're going to give up the whole four through ten? Is KD that good? I guess that's the question. KD, of course, is that good. Okay, then.
2: So, he got to answer the question. Y'all trying to give me a five? (laughs) Oh, he can't talk about it.
3: Oh,
1: you can't. My bad. Nah, you rich, man. You worked at Nike for nineteen years, man.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Nike stock is low right now, bro. No, it's not low. It is low right now.
2: It's It's still above 100, right? It is. But it's, it's been split like four times since you've been there. Five times. I've been well, on it. When I retired, it was like 165. Yeah, it but it split like four
3: times. No, no, I know. I've been watching it. I know. I'm always I, I used to have a lot of stock options.
2: <laughs> yeah, because it was almost like uh, Eddie Q was a good friend of mine, and I asked him who was his financial advisor. And he said, When you got stock like Apple, you don't need a financial advisor. I feel the same sentiments for Nike. And I just sent the group chat yeah. uh this uh the stock news, uh, tech news, I read every day, and um, a part of it was uh, in a recession. What companies do you invest in? The two companies were in there, tried Apple and, true. and Nike was in there. Absolutely, tried
1: and true ones. So he was his original statement is correct.
2: <laughs> Pockets can yeah, do. You straight, don't worry,
1: man. He <laughs> no. a modest man, man, but you you can you can sense the swagger off him. <laughs> All right, let's just throw some some quick fires at him.
2: On what occasion do you lie? If it protects the person I'm talking to, because I had a GM lie to me this morning, ooh, and I thought I knew him. I'm coming for him, though.
1: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 that's tough. Damn. Okay. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. All right.
3: So. Well, that's that's like a flat out lie. I don't do that, but I'll 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 do like a soft little soften the blow. Yeah. If it protects the person no, I'm like talking
1: to. You knew to. I was lying. <laughs> 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 that type thing. When you was a. Uh... Give me, can you do this? Can you give us his top five right now in the game? Can you give us top your top five, five what? players? <laughs> can you?
3: I can give you one, Luca.
1: All right, cool. All right, back. Christian Wood,
2: what, what, what do you see him yeah. bring to the team? And that was a pretty a big, big trade. That was because, a, hell of a trade. And then it was looked at as a brilliant trade because I think he's really good, but it's always, you know, you see a guy with that much talent and you ask yourself what's missing. So, you know, how you see him being implemented to the team and what do you look forward to with him?
3: Yeah, I'm excited about Christian Wood. I think he gives us offense out a position that we didn't typically yeah. have offense out of. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a guy where if you switch, he's going to punish you. Yeah, for sure. And that's a big deal when you when you have Luka. Yeah. Um, so his talent is undeniable. Everybody mm-hmm. knows that. I think you bring him into a winning culture mm-hmm. and you're going to find out that he's a winner too. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: You all also signed back who? JaVel McGee as well. All I right? like JaVale. That's, big, that's a big time signing yeah, as that's, well. That's so. major.
3: Gives us rim protection, rebound leadership. He's won one, two championships. Yeah. Yeah. It's going... an
1: understatement. People forget JaVel over his past six or seven years yeah. of his career winning. Yes. How much he's matured. Yes. How much he's accepted his role. Yes. Like that. That's a big yeah, time.
3: No, that was That was major. I mean, that's everything.
2: So, so yeah, okay. So here's my question for you: We're in an age where everybody's trying to get paid, and it feels it feels like winning isn't as valuable in terms of how do I get paid. So, how do you get the, the intangible players to buy into if you do your job and help us win? Is is it really beneficial for the player? I mean, I obviously think yeah. so because that's what I did. But
3: yeah, yeah, I, I mean, I believe in it. Mm-hmm. Like the goal is, you come buy in, you're going to get paid. That's yeah. that's the goal. That's so I think when you win, your stats aren't as important.
2: Mm, right. When you Absolutely. lose,
3: then your stats have to be amazing. But when you win, you just normal stats, you're going to get paid. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think, it's, I think it's important. I think people still believe in winning. And, you know, I, I think it's everything.
1: So for yourself, obviously, you've been modest this whole time, but you're well accomplished. For yourself, do you have any personal goals or do you have yourself a time limit of being like in the next decade? I'm a try to get a championship for Dallas, or are you going to battle with Brad Stevens for co <laughs> of the year? Like, you know what I mean? Sure. Like, is there anything where you go up there and you're like, all right, I've, I've killed it at this level. Let me see I can attack and conquer it in a fun way, not a yeah, selfish yeah, way, yeah, but a yeah, fun yeah. way. You know yeah. what I mean? Goals are important.
3: Yeah, honestly, for me, it's not really about individual goals because, yeah. like, I turned 50 this year. Oh, wow. So time. it's like, yeah. how can I find my peace? Black
2: don't crack.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know like you... Man, Thirty-seven. Check your phone for my girl number. <laughs> like,
2: what you? You was with Nico?
1: You was with Nico? Uh, yeah, no
3: fuck <laughs> Nah, but really for me, it's like, how do I protect my peace? How can I mm-hmm. take this team, the team with the players and the, and the actual players? Because I do think the team surround the players is just an important. Yes. How can I impact their life? How can I be a leader that, that, that can they can look up to, and I can mm-hmm. make you know their day when they come to office better. Um, that's important, impacting people's lives. But, but honestly, like my own piece too. Yeah. Like, how can I find a career that I love, yeah. um, that I enjoy? I'm going to work hard regardless, of whatever yeah. I'm doing. But something that's giving me as much back as I'm giving to it. Yeah. And so I'm year one. I enjoyed it. But you got to realize, year one, I'm drinking from a fire hose. Right. So right. hopefully, year two, it's like the second time around. I might be able to look around and you know enjoy it a little more. Yeah. Um, so you know, I really don't know. But for me, it's like protecting my peace and uh, mm-hmm. in trying to give give to the
1: people as, you know, as much as possible. Uh, one last thing that you all do, I think Mark does a great job. You see certain organizations when they come back, they don't show the former players as much love as they should, but I always appreciate when I went to a couple of Mavericks games this year, you see um, Sean Marion walking around. Yep. Obviously, you see Dirk in there sometimes. What they did for Barea. Devin Yeah, Berea, Devin, Devin Harris, yes. like everything like that. Like, as a former player, obviously, and, you know, a pro player, and, and as a exec, is that a big thing in regards to culture? You're, you're saying put the people around and everything, and, and I think, like, Dallas does the best job of setting guys up for post careers. Is that something that also you want to keep up as well?
3: Yeah, absolutely, and that's all led by Mark. Like, yeah. I can't take any credit for right. that. That's a that's 1,000% led by yeah. Mark. Shout out, Mark. Yeah, he's. I mean, that's important, and, yeah. you know, players need that. Like yeah. they, they like coming back and feeling like they're <laughs> yeah. wanted and, yeah. Yeah. you know,
2: yeah well appreciate the time man it's uh busy for you i know right now summer league evaluating young talent getting the rest of the roster together but um this is this is big for us and i just want to let you know personally like we look up to you you know you're not just some regular dude you know i've always seen you and i've watched you closely since you know my younger days in the olympic games and being in london the world championships probably one of my favorite times in my basketball life so just want to give you a flower say thanks truly from the bottom of our hearts and uh we appreciate the time so Thank you for tuning in to another episode of uh, Point Forward Podcast. Myself, Andre Gadala, and Evan Turner. Can't wait to see y'all again.
1: And that's it for this episode of Point Forward. For Andre Gadala, I'm Evan Turner. Appreciate everyone for dropping in with us. Please rate, subscribe, and share.